0: It's, I'd just like to see someone make a fake LinkedIn profile and it just says on there, de- "defeated the uh, one." C- it's just all one CCs. Ah, uh, there you
1: go. There
0: oh. we go. Let's let's do it. Let's create a fake, shoot the cork ass LinkedIn. Just one CCs on there. We can put, in there likes text Mexium. Yes. Oh yes. boy.
1: Likes Did long you- walks on the beach. text Mexium. Yes. <laughs>
0: and 1 cc's <he> <laughs> yes. you can tell that we're all tired here
1: <laughs> shoot the core cast
0: Welcome to Shoot the CoreCast, the official companion podcast to the RF Generation Schmup Club. This is a family-friendly Schmup themed podcast that won't do anything for Klondike Bar, but might do terrible things for tex I'm Addicted, also known as Addicted to Schmups, and with me, as always, I have...
1: Metal Fro, also known as Game Boy Guru. And if you would like to connect with the podcast, you can do so in several ways. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter slash X at shootcorecast or you can follow me directly at Guru. You can find the links to our, our feeds and all of our related uh, pages on our Linktree site. That is linktr.ee slash shootthecorecast. You'll find a link there also to our Discord where you can join us for a Shmup Club playthrough, uh, discuss the games, get info on the podcast and, and episodes and find out what we're playing next. And then you can also uh, check us out on, uh, or check me out, I should say, on Twitch, because I do stream the Shmup Club Game of the Month multiple times throughout each month. That is slash guru gameboy.
0: So, don't, don't also forget to take a look at the Arc Generation Community Playthrough forum, and take a look at the playcast for the regular monthly playthrough, and the collector cast. Now, as of this recording, the Arc generation database is still up, so I can still keep track of how many copies of Deep Space Waifu I have, but I'm going to have to export that because I I know that they're having some site issues.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully they'll be able to get that all uh, ironed out and we'll be able to continue to utilize that resource. Sounds good to me. All right. So... Let's dive into our question of the month, which I threw out a couple of days ago on our Discord server and up on social media. And that is, think of a classic shooter that deserves a remake. How would you change it up? And right out of the gate, Viz said, for a make a good shmup better answer, Thunder Force 4, there's lots of kinks with the visual clarity, enemy telegraphing and uh, and collision Uh, visual effects that need to be spruced up could also benefit from buffing the blade weapon. For a a make-a-bad-shmup good answer, Bioship Paladin. It's a good concept, but it looks and sounds so ugly. And, uh, I jokingly replied to Viz on the Discord and said, You hurt me! You hurt my heart! (laughs) You wound me! (laughs) Uh...
0: No, I, I mean, I can see where he's coming from on this. The graphics themselves and the soundtrack's pretty awesome in the original release, but I could, the voice samples are um, lovingly bad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> It could definitely be spruced up. The graphics could use a little bit of overhaul as well. And you could sort of give it what to the M2 treatment right and put in different soundtracks on there. You know, put a remake soundtrack, and you you could have the classic, and then you could have the overall of the other one. That seems to be the way that people are going now, right? You have the modern effect, and you can switch back to the classic. Uh,
1: I mean, I guess you would have to have M2 give it another treatment because uh, technically they they did the port on the, on the switch.
0: Then you could throw in some crazy stuff in there. We could call it the. Uh, the new Thunder Force Four, Thunder Force Four, uh Thunder Force Four plus Alpha, Lightning For Lightning Force, Lightning Strikes Again. Yeah. The jokes write themselves at this point. Oh
1: absolutely. Thunder Force Four uh Part Dia.
0: Yeah, shoot a chicken.
1: It's <laughs> been ages since I've
0: seen hot shots. Especially part do yeah, same uh, Duke Togo says Dark Souls Everybody needs to play this Wait, I'm sorry Dark. Duke Togo says Sinistar Add multiplayer where you compete for Cinnabombs And steal them from others uh, I like that idea Another Sylph Heat This time in fully rendered 3D But still flat poly So now you're fully path-traced ray-tracing Huh Yeah, I, li- I like both those ideas I gotta steal those
1: yeah, Sylphid could benefit from a, a glow up like that, so I could see that being uh, pretty nifty. Uh, Mar- Mari chimed in and said, Galaga, Mari label. Basically, Space Invaders Extreme, but for Galaga instead? Specifics are a bit hazy, but multiple shot types would definitely be a thing.
0: Overdrone says, Crime bio, Biohazard Battle would be interesting indeed. Obviously, I'd update the graphics, and sound could be CD quality. Not sure the center could be improved apart from that, to be honest. Yeah, Biohazard Battle, that's a good one that we need to cover on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I've been wanting to do so. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, a roguish Ham said, Alpha Mission. Acquiring and swapping armor in concept is really neat, but I never enjoyed the game. I think it would be awesome as a shmup or me- slash megaman kind of thing. And stop with the stupid letters. Use icons, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that um, some of the way that Zanuck does it? Doesn't Zanuck use letters? That, or am I getting things construed as in numbers instead?
1: It's, it's numbers, but yeah, same kind of idea.
0: Whenever I see those numbers in Zanek, I sort of think of like the speaking spell, huh. which you know what, it just comes out around one, two. You no know, heck, I take the thing, the spell, speaking spell from Thunder Force any day over that. Huh. Uh, Germinator says Alpha Mission Two. I want the armor system to be proper kits though. Shot change and special while it's equipped. Really, I think this could just benefit from some modern design sensibilities. A bit smaller hitbox couldn't hurt, and maybe a lighter penalty for death beyond total power loss if you don't have the K icon. In terms of games with Xevious DNA, though, it really hits some good notes. Yeah, Yeah. Alpha, I played Alpha Mission, but I don't think I played Alpha Mission 2. What are your thoughts?
1: Alpha Mission 2 is a neat game that uh, definitely takes some time to wrap your head around. Um, I, I got that one in the bundle that I bought when I got my Neo Geo CD, and I haven't put a lot of time into it, but it is one that I want to cover at some point just because of kind of how unique it is.
0: Sounds like um, another case for the mister to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Desmaku says, a Blazing Star more balanced stage design and enemies and give score extends
0: yeah I think that's pretty fair I would like a Blazing Star remake and uh, upon that you could also say Viewpoint could probably use a you don't wouldn't have to change the music but you could certainly benefit from uh, modern technology and modern sensibilities or even if you went with more of a, the, the flat look that it's known for you could throw in uh, ray tracing
1: I'll yeah, Duke I mean, Togo Similar, yeah similar to what Duke Togo said maybe maybe just do it all instead of pre-rendered sprites like the original has just do it all in flat shaded polygons and um, you know high resolution sprites and backgrounds and that could look pretty slick.
0: Corkman 77 says how about Lords of Thunder? There could be HD Arrange mode with the ch- with the shop system. Could add a bunch of new shot and melee weapons. Then of course there's the arcade version without the stage-select and shop system for the 1cc schmuck players. There's also a re-recorded soundtrack by some C-tier metal band you forgot about in the 80s. Kicks or Faster Pussycat comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I-, I think Lords of Thunder would also do pretty well as being brought forward. You, you could do the change of the graphics a little bit and, and you could always have like the alternate here's the Sega CD and here's the TurboGrafx-16 I, I think think that it, you could also throw in a video editor on it right you can make your own 128p uh, super plays just, just like Tony Hawk right uh, for those of you who don't who didn't get that last part uh, Tony Hawk actually d- directed and edited the commercial, should I should say edited the commercial for Lords of Thunder in the US
1: oh yes well and and to uh, to Corkman's point about the music unless you want to pull songs from their back catalog you're a little too late with Kix because they broke up earlier this year um but that, that could be interesting
0: now someone's going to take and mix the uh the soundtrack for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 into Lords of Thunder.
1: <laughs> oh, or or put the Lords of Thunder music in uh, Tony Hawk.
0: Uh, both sound pretty good to me.
1: <laughs> uh, Lewis G says, I'd love to see a Euroshmup classic fixed up. A game like Xenon 2 has some good ideas, but the gameplay execution is awful. If you want to rescue a less crappy game, Epidia is a fairly solid R-type clone, but the first uh, world is too drawn out. Condense it a little, fix it up a bit, and put it back out. Or fix Battle Squadron's anemic power-up system and rebalance the game for it. Yeah, Battle Squadron for sure, I think, could benefit from an upgrade with rebalancing. It was already a good looking game, but... Um, kind of brutal in the wrong way. So I think if if you took that game and tweaked it some, you really could have something that would uh, would be a lot more approachable.
0: You know, he does give me a good idea, though. We were going to say this for a little bit later when we announced this, but by the time anyone's listening to this, it's going to be pretty well into November anyway, so... We're going to be doing a, a DOS Schmup battle, right? Yep. Before, in December for having three. It would be sort of fun maybe to do next year to have a, a Mega Schmup battle. Because a lot of these probably aren't going to be worth going in depth, but it would be neat to do sort of a, a, a quick touch on these.
1: Right. Yeah, and that's kind of the idea.
0: Horse Takai 45 says Dragon Spirit. Mix it with, of course, new graphics and stuff, but also a smaller hitbox instead of random power-ups getting an experience system and collect gems when you defeat enemies and all that. Use those gems to spend the health and firepower and other upgrades and stuff, like changing your dragon's color, maybe add little griffins or something for sport. Just go all in on the RPG elements while we'll also retaining the difficulty of the arcade version. I'm sort of reading this like uh, not almost a fantasy star there, uh, Fantasy
1: Zone. Well, yeah, and the interesting thing about this is that, you know, we've already covered Veritra, which I feel like is sort of halfway there. Um,
0: Is it living on a prayer?
1: (laughs) Something like that. But uh, I think that's a step in that direction. Obviously horizontal instead of vertical, but yeah, uh, this this sounds cool. I could I could dig this Uh, Rudon sprites says if I'm being honest, I've never been a fan of remakes. Sorry, that's not helpful. I think the classics are classics for a reason. I personally would prefer a new game slash IP or spin-off or something like that. I'm weird and fussy about it. So don't mind me.
0: Zeta Metroid or Zeta Metroid says how about fantasy zone? It's much loved and often remembered and referenced in modern Sega properties, but we haven't had a new game in 30 years It has been some roguelite elements already just to build more on that rogues are super popular these days Opa Opa shall fly again Now in some ways. Yes, we haven't had a new game in a while, but you have fantasy zone 2 which was sort of thrown about there. I mean M2 did a lot of work on that. To make that into a proper arcade game. And then you had the Sega 3D Classics that came out for the 3DS. Where that was there. Then you have the uh, the Weird Maze game. And it was sort of redone for the uh, 5200 series. So it's not like it's been forgotten. It's just that the arcade version is the version that almost everyone remembers and plays. And that how many ports did that thing get. At least twenty.
1: I mean, the most recent, so, the most recent uh, Fantasy Zone thing that we got was the uh, Sega Ages version from M2, that kind of has a new arrange mode, if you will. But yeah, a, a new a new Fantasy Zone game or a, a remake in this style could be promising.
0: Yeah, I think the last thing that that we could have gotten that was a little bit different was the one that came out for um, NEC Avenue, right? That was cancelled for the PC Engine CD that combined Space Harrier and um, Fantasy Zone. Yeah. Space Fantasy Zone. Yeah, Space Fantasy Zone. Yeah. So I, I think that was the last thing where it was a little bit different gameplay or a little bit mixed up. It's not the Traditional shooter there. I don't know what you co- mm-hmm. what you put Space Harrier in because you are moving forward, so it may be a schmup like
1: Right. A Harrier-like.
0: Huh. Oh, jeez. Harrier-like, indeed.
1: Uh, Rad's Rontgen says, I grew up with Gradius, and I always thought that spending a power-up to adjust your speed was awful. It took Toho to teach me how valuable being able to pump the brakes was, and I was able to enjoy the genre as a whole. I think Draenus does a nice job of handling speed. Yeah, I mean, a Gradius game that maybe just gave you variable speed control um, would be nice so that you don't have to rely on power-ups to adjust it. And then then you could worry about your power-ups for other things. Um, So much of the frustration of I think recovery and one of the things that contributes largely to Gradius syndrome as we like to call it is that that lack of speed
0: yeah you know uh, with Gradius it has such a history that at this point it's sort of what's expected you know working in IT sort of have a joking phrase of um, it's broken, but we're used to it. Yeah, (laughs) And I think it aptly fits here. There's just so much history in Gradius that you can't really call it Gradius without having it there. It's just synonymous, right? You can't have Gradius without the syndrome. (laughs) Otherwise, it's something else. And I think that there are some of the other games that tried to deal with this in different ways. I mean, even Life Force tried to to break out of that a little bit. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's... It's really hard once you've hit the, that formula to uh, break out of the mold and do something different while still retaining the original. So I, I, could, I could definitely see Gradius as an option, but I, realistically, I... I, I don't see it, at least in my opinion, I, I don't see how you can pull that off. It would have to be some sort of weird thing like, uh, let's say all the ships ch- transformed into women that were somehow flying on ships. You know, that just sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> no one would be crazy enough to try that, or let alone make a sequel.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So
0: Jack Dark's from Team Grybanser Fox says Star Force. I would help keep its nature endless less nature, but throw in a lot of new music bosses and mini bosses to keep it interesting. I would also throw in a rank to make the game even harder. The more times you play Stage 24, also known as Infinity. P.S. Final Star Force and Eight Forces suck. <laughs> 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 All right, strong opinions here. So yeah uh, star force is definitely one that we should add to our list and i i don't, I, I remember playing this game back back oh boy, i can't believe i'm gonna use these words back in the day but uh back when i was was a young man so it's it didn't leave enough of an impression on me at this time at the time just not not on like what I mean, Gradius left impression, Life Force left impression. Star Force really didn't do much for me. I don't know. I'll have to head back to it and give it another shot.
1: Yeah, I want to say I probably played it on the NES at some point at a friend's house. Um, one of them either had it or rented it. But I do remember playing Star Force on an arcade cabinet um, as a kid at a random restaurant along the highway that we stopped at on the way to visit my uncle in, uh, the next state over. And, um, I remember being very disappointed because my quarter did not last very long. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens well, when you're, you know, 10 years old.
0: <laughs> well, let's be honest here. It wasn't a random restaurant. It was probably a Perkins, right?
1: No, it was a mom and pop. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Scoush says, Gradius without the Syndrome?
0: Yeah. Uh, the, uh, again, we just talked about but I think that if you're going to have to do Gradius without the Syndrome, you're going to have to make it some sort of weird offshoot, rather right? like a in or Otomedius, or maybe even some weird thing with Proteus at this point.
1: Hmm, possibly.
0: So, tetraphobia says, "How about Blazing star?" but they can fix the translation I'm only joking. I think the game is very characterful as is i don't remember the translation for blazing star is it as bad as all your base
1: Well, I mean, it's all the little things, like get it more or um or um there's just a few little quotes like that in the in the game i don't know that there's much to the translation uh but yeah you i know, think uh, if if you changed that it would take away a little bit of the charm
0: i would uh, you know back in before COVID and stuff where, where everyone had those inspirational like it says leadership and then has the eagle soaring or stuff like you know what i'm talking about those type of posters right I would just like to put one up on the wall at work that just says move zig or give it more.
1: Uh, old Man Burley said, Silkworm, a chopper and a jeep co-op could make for a very interesting shmup. And of course that is the, that is the, the, the way that the original works. And so I actually replied and and said, well, how would you change it up? And um, um, Horse Techie 45 jumped in later and said, well, Swiv or Firepower 2000 is basically that, but top down, uh, you know, with some additional elements. Um, But yeah, I, I think, I think Silkworm could benefit from Um, a a remake with maybe a bit of rebalancing because I I always felt like the the original Silkworm was still better than the pseudo sequels it got but still kind of rough
0: you know what I say to this give me an unlockable Tesla truck instead of a Jeep (laughs) <laughs> let's go <laughs> oh, that man. maybe a school bus or something on here. DLC throw in some loot crates why not
1: there you go we gotta get uh, Miss Frizzle in the shmup verse
0: there we go and then we put well you know you can see it just like what was it with Rocket League now I saw an ad where they're putting in the cars from cars so why not at this point everything is on there you can select the instead of pressing A, B, and C to select your character in Battle Garega. you hold up, down, left, right, B, A, and then you unlock Miss Frizzle. Why not?
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: And anything to get those tie ins.
1: Yeah, why not? Skalt711 says, Gradius 2, I'd include all additional content from ports and remix them in the arcade style, and touch soundtrack up to use YM2151 plus PCM synthesizers with modern chip tune techniques. Maybe make soundtrack remixes based on different chip combos, such as the SPC700, PSG plus YM2413, or 2A03 plus VRC6.
0: Wasn't there someone who recently did that? They put the TurboGrafx-16 but the UZ6800 soundtrack? I I thought that there was something similar to that where they were doing with this, but uh, yeah, basically what you're asking for is like an M2 port. I think that would be pretty cool to get all the different versions of Gradius 2 on there, and you could switch between the soundtracks.
1: Yeah, it would be kind of neat to have a Gradius 2 arcade version that sort of had the um, the uh, bones level that was in the MSX and um, and PC Engine ports retrofitted into it, or with a couple of the additional areas from the Famicom version done in that style and kind of retrofitted into the game, could be interesting.
0: I still can't believe that the Famicom version. The hardest part was that the flames in stage one. Once you got past that. The rest of the game was pretty easy. Yeah. Or the fact that you can kill the spider. that spider. That was wild, too. Oh, yes. Man, the Famicom version is so different on that. Alright. So, BunniesBunRena says, Toho 4 and 5, the visibility is whack sometimes and the art is suspicious, but now they are by, by default imported and pretty fun. Yeah, I would have to agree that we need to get some of the, to- the Toho's modernized. And I was trying to think of how would you name it. Now you can own the entire Tohoology. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Why not?
0: I mean, one through three was by by itself, right? That was its own standalone. But then after that, it became and why it's following the path of the Ultima now. I think about it, right? One through three, and then four was the the way of the Avatar, and it brought about the rest of the stuff. So, yeah, why not? If Richard Gary can do it, I think that uh, Zoom can do it.
1: Sure.
0: You know, and maybe with a special edition comes with a, a, a copy of Zoom beer, his favorite beer. Each, uh, each special edition comes with a different beer.
1: There you go. You
0: have to Did be over 18 you? to buy.
1: Oh, right.
0: Well, I mean, it has to be zero zero at that point, right? If you're, if the collector's edition is, to, if they start selling Toho to miners, could you imagine the problems? Huh.
1: right Uh, goji guy says that's tricky if i like a shmup i probably want to leave well enough alone and if it's one i don't like i probably don't want to touch it but if there was one shmup i think could use an arrange mode or remake it would be metal black i love that game but i'd love a version that removes the rng moments and gives a score bonus from beam battles and using energy a better score system would encourage me to revisit it. Also, a version of Gradius 3 that doesn't make me want to pull my hair out would be nice. <laughs> I, I replied to Goji Guy in the Discord and I said, uh, to the Gradius 3 point, I said, just so you know, that's the Super NES version.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty close to that, yeah. And the interesting thing about Metal Blank, wouldn't you call G. Darius? sort of the um, the one that has its own arranged mode and has all the different uh, flashy um, hyper laser battles.
1: That or you know border down being a sort of spiritual sequel to Metal black one yeah I, I,
0: I get what he's saying there. I get what he's saying I, and then having a range mode would be pretty cool too. I wonder how, as you couldn't really i wouldn't change too much on the graphics at, or anything if at all I think for the most part it worked pretty well you still got that disco ball that was with the stage two right right and was the there but uh, maybe making the endings make a little more sense too would be nice
1: it would be it would be nice to get a a better port of it that included the um um uh, I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head, but we covered it when we when we talked about the game on the podcast the uh Oh
0: you mean the 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 best mode,
1: well the special oh. arrange mode that is right now limited to the one arcade board that one of the developers owns and uh yeah. you know brings out once in a while to hook up in a bar somewhere. Yeah. And...
0: I, I don't want to call it Metal Black Black edition. but <laughs> huh? That's uh, that, that. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Also, to get uh, maybe a couple extra tracks by Zuntata would be nice as well. Yeah. No, I, definitely a good choice for bringing forward into more modern stuff because the treatment has gotten so far. With the arcade archives was good, but then it got the. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't hate City Connection, and, and the, you know, but the fact that they they're just sticking, throwing Saturn ISOs with an emulator and calling it good, uh, it's not a good way to get any money from me.
1: Right.
0: Though I do hear the Bats port is not too bad. Reg Duran says, Glay lancer I love a remake of that game, though I'm not sure what kind of scoring system I add to it. Maybe something I encourage you, you to switch weapons and use them all rather than finding one that you like and going through that one throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I think that Gladiolans is one of those that <clears throat> I like what we have. It's gotten a lot of attention. Maybe not so much as a remake. Maybe a sequel would be better choice in this day and age where you get the original one with it, but then they expand upon this.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's already been uh, that new port on the Switch that adds additional features and stuff. So yeah, I mean, maybe maybe do a, a Glaylancer too, and then package the the Switch port in, um, and then you could have a deluxe physical or something like that. That that'd be pretty cool.
0: Something tells me though that Glaylancer will be stuck at just like Beyond Good and Evil is. They keep announcing that there'll be a sequel one day, but they never get anywhere on it and they just keep repackaging the original game.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, O5Pro said the uh, Great Maho Daisakusen but remove the red and blue polarity rubbish.
0: Yeah, I, I think Great Maho Daisakusen would be another good example of something that c- could be given a lot more, Uh, it's a very interesting concept, right? That they never really did too much more on after the initial game. So I would certainly welcome an update on that. Port Commander says, zeroing. What if you could use a tractor beam to catch your enemies, use them as additional firepower? Kind of like G-Drius. Readjusting stage length and some enemies would not be as bulky and their hit point values To help with the pacing which can be kind of glacial at times Yeah, I understand too. Sometimes you just want that zig to move
1: My only response to orc commander is what you say?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, zero zero, I think zero win will be sort of stuck in there too, Like, yeah at some point it probably could have used a sequel I, I think they'll just keep re-releasing this version, and it, it's such—it's become sort of a the, the joke is more so than the game, right? right? Uh, so I don't think that we will. <laughs> I, I think that the only way that we will get something that may have even surpassed this mm-hmm. is if they did a remake, and the cutscenes were all acted out. They're all f and Well.
1: I, for one, would be pleased to uh, see a see an ad, uh, a YouTube video from a Tetragon company announcing uh, <clears throat> another zero-wing game. As long as they, you know, you do the someone set up us the sequel.
0: Oh, jeez, yes, that would certainly gain some attention.
1: <laughs> uh.
0: So what about your picks or picks?
1: Um I've been I've been trying to figure out what I want to do here because it's difficult to it's difficult to say. Now of course, as always, I picked this because of the because it ties into the game that we're covering this month. But thinking about this, I feel like it, it's a good opportunity to take a game that is not very strong and maybe retool it so that it could be improved upon. Uh, a game that I have a certain fondness for because I played it a bunch as a kid, but Oh I
0: 1942. Know,
1: but I know objectively isn't that good is Twin Eagle. In theory, Twin Eagle has some good ideas, but it's not super well executed and it definitely has some, some jank that in its current form adds to the charm, but it, it could definitely be ironed out to be much better. I think the sequel did a lot to uh, make it more fun, but the original still is promising. So if you could take the original game and balance it better, and make it more interesting, and, and do some cool things with it, um, you know I think you you could have something that would would be a fun and ultimately rewarding experience.
0: Yeah, I can see that. What about you? Yeah, uh, for me, I would have probably pick something like proto shmups are the long lines that duke mentioned it was good they mentioned uh sinistar another shmup that i would definitely throw in there and i know it was mentioned a little bit earlier is galaga i would like to see an option for being able to capture other ships i, I think that nintendo has a really good thing going on where they pull in like tetris 99 pacman 99 zero 99 where they take that idea and make it a battle royale I think that a Galaga Battle Royale would be pretty neat the ability to supplement your livestock by de- destroying enemies that have captured your player ship would be a good idea. Go- going back to that well, even Space Invaders has been maybe a little bit overdone at this point, and so has Arkanoid. But-, but to go back and revisit some of the stuff, you could deal with... You know, Gradius would be another example that people put up earlier to, to do sort of like a battle royal or Gradius 99 where it repeats like the first stage over and over again and who, who, uh, whoever can survive the longest you know, or destroy the most big cores wins. There's a lot of different ways you can go along with this. Uh, you can, you know, if you were to take in. Gradius Battle Royale, or not Gradius? Sorry, Galaga Battle Royale. You could call it now. That's now that's what I call Galactic Dancing. Oh jeez! Or that that could that could be a soundtrack soundtrack set. Did just see a vinyl on there?
1: Ah, uh, 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 yep.
0: But something along the lines with that, right? You need a proto something with easy to understand mechanics that. You, you can put in... So the gameplay loop is simple, but then you could turn it into a larger multiplayer game. That's why I think Pac-Man versus did so well Pac-Man 99, and why F-099 is doing so well, and even some of the other stuff like Pac-Man vs. or Pac-Man Championship would do pretty well.
1: Yeah. I, I think if you if they did it right, and they maybe... a send up of the entire the entire kind of galaga canon um, or at least the primary galaga canon and did galaxian galaga gaplus and galaga 88 kind of all smushed together in one package as a galaga 99 sort of thing that that could be really cool i i would enjoy that
0: I think Namco would too because they could certainly use the profits from it.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you everyone who uh, contributed and uh, shared your thoughts with us. We we certainly appreciate it, and um, it's always kind of fun hearing hearing the different opinions and perspectives. Let's roll into uh, our focus shot and uh, have a little discussion about Gunvine.
0: You probably did a heck of a lot more than I did for this past discussion because I played a little bit with Type C, a little bit with Type B, and then I played the hardest game of all. Will I be able to check out what NG Dev Team's store in time?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, on that note, the uh, NG uh, NG Dev Direct did sell out of the uh, uh, both of the standard and limited edition. Um, of the, of the game uh, within, what, about a it month? It was like, what? Maybe less? Not,
0: no, I think it was like 24, 48 hours, I think. It, it's usually it goes pretty quick. Like the last time they did Razi on EX, that sold through like almost instantaneously. I think that not too many people heard about this one beforehand, so this is a lot of word of mouth. And by the time it went through there, because they didn't have that many copies to go with anyways, right? It was like a thousand copies.
1: Oh. Well, there you go.
0: But but here's the thing with that. This was sort of like the first sell-through. A, a, next year they're going to have some more that they're going to sell through, right? And they're going to keep printing runs.
1: Right. Yeah. This initial this initial print is um, only is only an initial print, and then my understanding is starting in January when the first print ships, they're just going to open the floodgates and people can just place orders and they'll probably take orders and then print them as they, as they get enough orders to, um, to justify doing print runs.
0: And I'm really glad to hear that because this is a game that needs to be shared with many people, and NG Dev Team has always been a little, a little bit skeptical of A, putting their games out on uh, the, the eShop because they're afraid they aren't gonna sell so well and, and put, printing physical copies of them. Right so i am happy that more people will be able to play this
1: yeah it'll be a good thing uh yeah and so the last time we spoke about this i was saying that i was frustrated because i was close to my type c clear but i hadn't quite got it yet i'm happy to report now that I have my Type C clear, which I sort of got incidentally. I'd been practicing. I had a couple of bad runs, and and uh, I was just sort of going through the motions. And and uh, I, I at one point I sort of like, well, okay, this probably isn't the run, but I'll just play through. Well, it ended up being the run, uh, <laughs> and so. <laughs> That uh, that's usually how it goes. You you sort of stop stop caring, and that's when it that's when it happens. But uh, now I am focused on my type B clear. and the thing that's frustrating, I think, is that I'm I'm starting to realize one of my Achilles' heels is that I am too invested in trying to score. Part of that is because I want to engage with the game's systems as much as I can because it's part of learning and appreciating the game on a deeper level. Um, But I was stuck in a loop earlier this evening where I couldn't get out of stage one multiple runs in a row because I kept making silly mistakes or you know, there's the part at the very beginning of stage one where if you sort of lead that first group of enemies that comes down along one side of the screen and then kind of loop back around them, you can then bomb to get them and then a whole bunch of other enemies that are there at the top of the screen so that you can immediately start uh, the game with a ton of stars and and boost your score right away. And I, I kept either running into one of those enemies or then making a mistake at the, at the first mid-boss and, uh, um, and getting hit by a bullet or something. So I was pretty frustrated earlier. I do think I'm close to getting a Type B clear. It's just a matter of making a few less mistakes, really. One thing also that I am realizing is I am not really using the hyper, uh, the yeah, the hyper feature much. I was watching Desmaku, his type B clear that he got, that he posted on his YouTube channel with commentary, and he ends up using the hyper quite a bit. I tend not to use it because I like to be able to route. Through the stages without having to use it, because I want to plan my bombs for certain times so I can maximize the score. And and the, one of the things that I, I said earlier about I, I try to score, which is an Achilles heel, because then it sometimes prevents me from getting it clear as quickly as I'd like to. But I feel as though the the scoring in Gunbane or the the survival in Gunbane is so indelibly tied to scoring because scoring helps you build the number of lives that you have um, that it it is incumbent upon you as a player to try to score at least marginally so that you can continue to hit those milestones because in the base game in the normal or the intense difficulty, you know, kind of your standard normal difficulty, you get an extend every 600,000 points. Well, if you do it right in Stage 1, you can hit the 600k mark as you take out the boss and get that first extend. I've been able to push the Stage 1 score then with this end stage total and adding up all the bonus stuff past eight hundred thousand. and i've seen at least one replay where you can push it past a million points in stage one uh so you think about that and then you're already at your first extend before the end of stage one and then you're getting another extend early in stage two and then even another extend probably by or before the end of stage two if you're doing it right um so it's you're really in incentivized to score quite a bit because of that so i i feel like scoring is just a an extension of survival in many ways and i think that's one of the reasons why i continue to uh, push myself to score more so that i can try to beef up the number of lives that i have in part because i continue to make some of these silly mistakes and have lame deaths and things like that so for me being able to go into that final uh boss fight with stage five and then the final kind of TLB form with as many resources as possible is what kind of then helps me tank my way through it. Maybe that's not the right approach, but dog on it, that's how I do.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Stuart Smalley. No, uh, <laughs> uh no, you're certainly doing better than I am, but it's one of the things that I think that this year and playing a lot of Gunvane has taught me is I need to, at some point in the next year or so, invest in a arcade stick. Is I think that it's not, the analog sticks allow me to do stuff, but not everyone is a super player like Gus. And we need the, or at least I feel I need, the precision that comes with an arcade stick where my thumb will just naturally rest on the analog stick and I find myself making sometimes just the little movements
1: Right.
0: like that, where with an arcade stick, you're making very uh, deliberate movements, right? That thing's, you're not going to just accidentally tilt it left or right, unless maybe there's an earthquake going on or you had too much coffee, but <laughs> it, it's just something that I've been noticing if I want to get to a higher level in the way that I play that I'm going to need a little bit better equipment than... Your standard DualShock 4 or your Xbox controller.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, one of the advantages with Gunbane is it's actually designed with analog control in mind as well. Um, So when I've been playing in handheld mode, I'm actually, uh, on the Switch, I'm actually playing in handheld mode. Meaning my Switch is in the flip grip and I've got, you know, I've got analog control that I'm using. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to clear handheld mode yet, which is I'm salty about. Um, but I'm still hoping to clear it with at least one character before the end of the year. I'm, I'm probably going to prioritize Type C because that's I feel like that is my best bet.
0: Yeah, it's always better. Type mm-hmm. C is definitely you can go in with a wrecking ball and sort of create your own Bamba. Sure. Alright, so let's move on to shmup news. Outside Damaku, the developer behind Cosmo Dreamer and Light like Dreamer, is remaking an earlier title, Redneg All Stars, with a new swim by edition. I have not played anything other than Cosmo Dreamer, so, and, oh, well, I have played Light like Dreamer. Actually, okay, so I play both, but uh, I don't remember hearing about this title at all. Have you played this?
1: No, I want to say this was released uh, five or six years ago, something like that, originally. Uh, And so this will be just a a new and improved version of that game, I guess. And I think, if I remember correctly, Red Neg All-Stars is more of a caravan game. And it was free to download initially. I don't know if the new version will or not, but... um, yeah. So anyway, if you like those games, though, it's probably worth a look.
0: I had to be really careful when I pronounced that. I almost called it Redneck All Stars. I almost thought it was a game with Jocks, with uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Bull Dunham, and uh, Larry the Cable Guy.
1: <laughs> if you spend late nights with caffeine and and joystick levers, you might be a shmup fan. <laughs>
0: There we go. We got the next one's just going to have you imitating Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> uh, there is a new Gradius fan game called Universe that was recently highlighted by Jamers in a YouTube video. Uh, I Does it have a the syndrome? Of, I watched a little bit of not Jamers video, but another video that was highlighting the game, and it looks pretty impressive. So we'll definitely have to check that out.
0: Remember, it's not a true Gradius game if it doesn't have the Syndrome. Ah, yes. The demo for the forthcoming Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive Shmup ZPF is available and has three stages to try. I feel really bad about this one because I downloaded the demo and then posted in the Discord and then never tried it. So, this is on me. I, I... I don't know what it is about October, but apparently I have to get sick at least once in order to make it through. And I ran out of a lot of time because I got sick after going to a a very nice uh, fall festival.
1: Oh, yeah. Crystal Comet has a page on Steam right now to wishlist. Slated for a February 2024 release, this is an auto-scrolling twin-stick shooter from Rudon Sprites.
0: M2 held another DDP DOJ stream in October in detailed new modes, alternate soundtrack options, as well as showing off some of the special pre-order items. Now, this is coming out. Was it Q1 2024, or did they give it a closer date?
1: Well, I think it was originally supposed to be uh, December of this year. So, as far as I know, it's still on track for a early December release.
0: G-O-T-Y right there. Maybe Mark might say G-O-A-T.
1: Ha <laughs> He might, yes. Uh, Amp is a forthcoming Star Fox-like game from Sprylosaur Games, slated for a 2024 release. You can wishlist it on Steam now. And uh, from what I saw in the the footage that's on the, the Steam page, it looks like it's got some a major Tron visual inspiration. That sort of line art design aesthetic.
0: There's been a lot I don't know what what you want to call it, but recently there's been a lot of Star Fox-like games or Star Fox-inspired games.
1: Yeah, Star Fox-inspired games and Space Harrier-inspired games are kind of a thing right now.
0: Astro Gunners has been updated to version 0.9.3 on Steam, showing that development continues on this early access horizontal Don Makus Astro Gunner, this sounds familiar. Maybe I've seen a demo of this Been having a chance to try this. Have you?
1: Yes, this one is worth grabbing. Uh, I got an early access code for this from the from the dev. Gosh, it's almost been maybe three years ago now. And at one point, I thought maybe development of the game had stalled and had been abandoned. So I'm glad to see that that uh, it's not, and that they're still working on it. Because um, even though the game is still in early access and it hasn't reached a sort of 1.0 final release version yet, um, it's a pretty solid, pretty solid title. And uh, definitely, if you're into Don Maku, and you're not. Uh, you're not averse to horizontal Danmaku like a like an Akai Katana or Pro Gear uh, or Battle Traverse kind of thing then I would say it's well worth a look
0: Excellent I'll do give it a shot
1: uh, there, There's a demo that's available now for a homebrew version of R-Type uh, that has been programmed for the sega genesis and mega drive and based on the footage i've seen so far it is looking very much like the arcade original and i guess it's going to have uh two soundtrack versions in the in the game one that is a close approximation to the arcade soundtrack based on what you can do with the ym20 uh 2612 chip but then also something else that's kind of an arranged soundtrack version so it looks like it's gonna be kind of cool
0: and what systems is this coming out for
1: Uh, it's for the Genesis and Mega Drive
0: oh cool yeah I could definitely see this being pretty fun to do Laser Pidium from the re is out now on Steam as a horizontal shooter that appears to take inspiration from Hellfire, along with other classic SDGs. Hellfire is another one that I wanted to cover on here. Sign me up.
1: Yeah, and this, this has kind of a slick graphical look, but I'm not sure about the gameplay other than what I saw in the, the video that's on the Steam page, but it looks promising. <clears throat> Uh, Dangan GB, the homebrew Game Boy Danmaku game, now has a Game Boy Color sequel, Dangan 2, and it is free from developer Snorpung's itch.io page. And um, shout-out to Octane, who does the weekly blind kumite uh, competitions on his uh, YouTube channel, and he, uh, he actually got a group together that did a... Dangan GB and Dangan Two blind kumite here uh, a few weeks ago, right after the game released, and um, yeah, this looks pretty good. Um, So yeah, we I I was thinking in uh, in some discussion earlier on the Discord about Game Boy shoot 'em ups and stuff, and and there was some talk about game uh, homebrew Game Boy shooters. I'm thinking at some point we should maybe do a, do a free-for-all month where, where we link to all sorts of free-to-download Game Boy Homebrew shmups. And, um, you know, everybody can play some and talk about the ones they want. And we can just kind of have a, a fun little discussion about a bunch of these uh, little games
0: Yeah, but it's going to be pretty hard to find anybody who wants to play Game Boy games, right? Where will we find someone who wants to do that?
1: I don't know. I, uh, I mean, myself, obviously, but I I would hope that others would at least be interested in checking them out.
0: No, I'm just kidding you. Uh, (laughs) Um... Steel Surge Revolution is a Pico 8 based caravan shooter from Loki Striker available now on itch.io. I always like these sort of um these type of homebrew products. There's always something neat that comes out of there, especially when it's sort of a um, something that's being poured out. like even someone even trying to do Dragon's Lair on the MSX, let's do something, you know, something crazy that you just don't expect. Right. And you get and you they, they always when you've got such low uh, low ceiling to see some of the creativity that comes out was pretty impressive
1: yeah and um, they did Steel Surge Revolution as the um, weekly caravan competition deal in uh, Schmup Junkies Discord here recently as well nice uh, Limited Run Games has pre-orders open now for a PS4 physical release of Danmaku Unlimited 3 and pre-orders close December 3rd.
0: Uh, you mispronounced the name of the game there. It's Dan Masochist Unlimited 3.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, foreshadowing.
0: Very Okay Vinyl has a vinyl soundtrack release of, content of Cotton Fantastic Night Reef. Where have I heard that game before? Seems so familiar.
1: And uh, you know I've got this on order already.
0: Yeah, it comes comes with a bag of willows.
1: Probably not. Uh, Coolor Research Labs has shown a short video on uh, Twitter slash X of a Super NES Dunmaku game called Rex Nobilis that is in development. Uh, this Does is this impressive. one come
0: with slowdown?
1: No based on the screen or the the short video that is on the on the Twitter page, there's not a hint of slowdown and there's a lot of bullets on screen. so I'm not sure how they're pulling it off um, but
0: super FX chip
1: It's impressive so far.
0: Super FX2 <clears throat> no. Nah. SA-1. Uh, that, uh, SA-1, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just put it, there's a Cyclone 5 inside. <laughs> no, I mean, if they can do that with uh, the Super Nintendo game, if they can make this on real hardware, that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. This is Super Nintendo, as we all know, was not known for the uh, graphical, well, I should say not graphical, but for the uh, prowess of its CPU.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, there are games that managed to do a good job with that Uh, I mean you've got early examples like Darius Twin which we covered and then later examples like Space Megaforce uh, or Super Alest but yeah I feel like Slowdown is um, one of the one of the features I'll say of many Super Nintendo shmups
0: Shino Ruby pink label has been released on the XR Arcadia platform was the original released uh, Shino Ruby was at uh, released consoles I don't remember
1: yeah it's on PC and uh, switch and ps4 and got a um, switch and ps4 physical through uh, red art games here uh, within the last few months that hasn't shipped yet but I think they sold through all the I think they
0: sold through all the pre-orders if I remember correctly. Nice. Yeah. Anytime I see stuff on the X Arcadia platform, it's like sort of like the Neo Geo. It's sort of like contact me in about 20 years when the games are three thousand, four thousand dollars a piece, at more like uh, two fifty. Oh, uh, so you yeah. know, g- 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 give me give me that MV- give me that uh, the cheaper price. I can make it happen. But if you're going to charge me. 2500 for a game that's too rich for my blood.
1: Yeah. Uh, Super XYX continues to be retooled, and a new character, Taurus, has been added. Um, wow. I need, to, I need to check that out, because uh, I haven't really put time into it since the the new demo version has come out, uh, with kind of the game being moved over to GameMaker Studio 2. So, I definitely need to Give
0: that a look. And Super X Y X might just be one of those games like Zero Ranger where I go back to it every so often and play it for a little bit. Definitely yeah. like the loop of that game. Yep. The forthcoming helicopter shooter, shoot 'em up, Mr. Helicats. No. <laughs>
1: huh.
0: uh, the the forthcoming helicopter shoot shoot 'em up, Helicats, is now confirmed for a November 13th release on Steam. Geez, that's not too long from now.
1: No, it's not. Uh, Strictly Limited Games is releasing a physical version of Yu Suzuki's Air Twister game, and it's the first in a series of what they're calling speed run releases, uh, where no pre-orders are required and will ship immediately. Uh, this is that uh, space uh, shooter game from Yu Suzuki.
0: Yeah, This is on my short list for checking out stuff, but I, I just need more time. It's all I want for Christmas is more time to play games.
1: <laughs> Indeed. You need to be like, uh, you need to be like, um, like Burgess Meredith in, in, uh, uh, the Twilight Zone, where, you know, uh, an H-bomb hits the, hits the, the town he's in, and and he survives because he's in the bank vault, and then, you know, you can just go home and and, and play all your uh, all your Don games.
0: Was that also the one where he's trying to read books and mm-hmm. then he drops his glasses? Yeah. Was that a different one? That was yes. okay.
1: It was yeah, it time, wasn't the one. Time enough at last. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it wasn't the one where where uh, Captain Kirk's on a plane watching Gremlin. That was a different one.
1: No but the, uh, the embodiment of
0: be careful what you wish for yeah be careful what you steam wish lists for
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's where I'm going now alright so um, <clears throat> Athena's classic arcade shooter Dio has released on arcade archives very nice
1: yeah, I think this is one about that never got, a, never got a console port uh, back in the day. Uh, although the uh, spiritual sequel, Shienryu, uh, received a couple of ports. Iridian uh, Silvergun is out now on Steam. And for those who ordered the physical from Limited Run Games, uh, that is beginning to ship now.
0: So, yeah, I just got my shipping lines. order. Yeah, j- today I got a shipping order.
1: Oh, yeah, nice.
0: 1CC Games is working on another shooting game with more of a spooky Halloween theme called Silver Bullet. This is one of the ones that I think is on our shortlist as well to keep an eye out for.
1: Yeah, I mean, as, as well regarded as Space Moth, DX, and... Um, Star Hunter DXR. Yeah, I could I could see this being another one that uh, we'll need to keep our eyes on.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised it's not called Silver Bullet DX.
1: Yeah. Uh, Raging Blue Annihilation is coming next year and is the latest in what I understand from what Little A was able to find in a long-running series of Dogen shooters. Uh, but there's been no new entry in this series for several years, and uh, I don't I don't know anything else about this series. But it this at least looks cool from what I saw.
0: Ty- typecast is a new twin stick shooter from Official Electric and Gut Arcade out now on Steam. Uh, twin sticks are always fun because. You can pick up, a, a, it's more of a pick-up-and-play. You can get people who normally don't play SDGs to play those. Right. So, you know, better, stuff like Geometry Wars are always fun and engaging to get uh, a, a, a couple-minute playthroughs.
1: Sure. Valferis mechatherion is set for a November 21st release on PC with console versions planned for 2024 release. And,
0: yep, this is uh, a sequel to Valfaris, right?
1: Yeah, and Valfaris was a more of a run-and-gun, well, sort of an action platformer slash run-and-gun with a mech. Um, and I think it had some some shmup stages, but this one is actually full-on shmup. Um, I, yeah, I appreciate the nod in the, uh, the subtitle, Mechatherion, because uh, the, the soundtrack to the first game, and one assumes to the second game uh, was done by one of the, a former member of the, <coughs> of the band, uh, Celtic Frost, uh, and of course Celtic Frost, one of their landmark albums was called the Two Megatherian, so that's kind of a neat little uh, nod there. But this looks promising.
0: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the first one. Looking forward to the second one. It's a forthcoming crossover event with Caves Gothic Wa Maho Otome Mobile SDG and their DDP SDOJ game, similar to what they had previously done with Death Smiles characters. And if any of you got that, that is board soup for me.
1: <laughs> well, this is big news. Um, Devil Engine Ignition has finally been released as of November 9th, after years of waiting. If you own the original game on Steam, you can purchase just the Ignition DLC, and if you don't, then you can uh, you can buy the Devil Engine Complete Edition, which will have the original game and the DLC. Uh, the physical console release is still forthcoming, but I believe if I understand correctly, that is going to include the uh, the uh, ignition mode as well.
0: Very nice. It's good to see that this game is actually is moving again because I I, I think that being buried by the publisher I mean the the game was really taking off and you had a lot of hype with the demo and then it just sort of nosedived because of the publisher and I I hope to see that isn't the physical coming out via beep
1: Uh, you might be right I don't remember for sure we mentioned it a month or two ago
0: but I mean, it's good to see that it's getting out there again right this game deserves to be played by more people yep Blade, uh, sorry, Blade Sky is a new STG from Sugoi Dekai and it's free on itch.io and it has three levels. All right, can't beat that price.
1: Indeed. And finally, STG Builder has been updated again to version uh, 1.0.24.109. I did not see a list of what had changed, but um, it's it's good that this continues to get, uh, to get updates and, um, you know, continue to be developed.
0: I can tell you one thing that changed, the version.
1: Indeed. All right, well, that is all the shmup news you can use, at least all the shmup news that we compiled for the, uh, for the episode today.
0: All right, well let's talk about the game that we played in October. And that was Cotton Reboot. We had their participants of Horse Decay 45, Drake Tunstan, Super Goat, Corkman 77, Tetraphobia 1 and 1 more quarter. So, let's give a quick examination of the developer and the game itself. Cotton Reboot was developed by Rocket Engine LTD and published by Beep in February 2021 for PC, Nintendo Switch, and PS4. The game is essentially a high-level remake of the original Cotton arcade game, with new graphics read on music and new mechanics added to expand upon the original game's ideas. The original Cotton Fantastic Night Dreams arcade game released on April 1991 on the Sega 16 arcade hardware. And the reboot is based upon the Sharp X68000, which was released in 1993. The game centers around the namesake character Cotton, a witch who is obsessed with a type of candy called Willows. And I think it's more like she has a drug dependency based upon the hexamium that is in Willows. <laughs> so I think I think what what they're trying to do here is they're trying to stage an intervention, and Cotton just keeps saying no.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> now what we could do here is we could insert some sort of joke here this is your brain this is your brain on willows any question oh yes uh, well the other thing i was sort of wondering about this too is this the story of someone who was hoping for the great pumpkin in order to get all the so goes trick-or-treating in order to get all these willows and end up getting like charlie brown a rock or is this a, person, a story of a person who goes trick-or-treating and ends up giving her candy in order to save the world?
1: Yeah, I, I was I was going to get to that.
0: Other <laughs> uh, ports of the original game came to the PC Engine CD-ROM-ROM 2. Or, or CD-ROM-ROM, the PlayStation and Neo Geo Pocket Color. Uh, fairly, fairyland has been overtaken by an evil mist which has paralyzed a prism of light. What was a once bright colorful land is now engulfed in darkness. The fairies had all but given hope until a fairy named Silk Tut happened upon a witch named Cotton. Silk pleaded to her for help, but Cotton is only interested in the willow candy. Silk bribed Cotton to help with a promise of willows as it spoils for defeating the darkness. In cotton, decided she would do anything for the candy, so she agreed to help. Now, again, I gotta wonder here: is this sort of like original Coke type situation, and where they where they put the you know original Coke had cocaine in it? Is this just sort of this hex maximum that's in Willows? Jeez, that powerful could be. stuff.
1: But this is this is one of those, as you sort of alluded to earlier, this is one of those that would qualify for. You know the meme of explain a film plot badly or explain a game plot badly, and it's basically greedy witch kills everything to get candy, then unwillingly gives the candy up to save the world.
0: <laughs> Works for me. And then when to- <laughs> at the very end she's just to- she's like, all right, well you can't get your drugs here. This kingdom has some. I know this kingdom's got a guy. Uh, and i think he, he can sell you some drugs so she just flies off as fast as she can yep got to go to get that hit <laughs> maybe she maybe she didn't hear about medicinal willows
1: medicinal willows wow oh my goodness is there uh, what's the what's the CBD uh, equivalent of willows or of Tex-Maxim?
0: That's hexmaxium. <laughs>
1: that's, that,
0: that, that's that's the, that's the stuff you can't get over the counter, right? Tex-Maxim is over the counter. hex Hexmaxium is the stuff that you it's prescription strength that requires a doctor's note. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's why she's so obsessed over the willows.
1: It all makes sense now.
0: Indeed, we're just like with Kevin Bacon here. We have uh, six degrees to text Maxine. <laughs>
1: six degrees. Oh man. <laughs> uh.
0: Alright, so Gameplay, let's talk about this Initially, as you play the reboot version, is the witch Cotton Once you have uh, beat the game, you unlock the ability to play three other characters They are Silk, the fairy who enlisted Cotton's help <clears throat> Basically, her drug pusher, there. silk Silk uh, Apley, uh, another witch who appeared in Cotton 2 <clears throat> And Needle, Apley's hat, who acts as her familiar And <clears throat> Needle's sort of neat is it's sort of like playing as an option in Gradius, right? You have a very slim, very small hitbox, but it can make it so hard to determine where the heck you are on the screen because the game is pretty manic. Mm, yep. The, yep. And the same thing is sort of be said about Silk, right? Silk is small and has a very small hitbox, but in some ways it moves maybe a little bit too fast for the game. And with that small hitbox and that small sprite, it's a little bit hard to determine where you're at. If you're going to play the game, I highly recommend Appley or Cotton, and Appley sort of has a very neat sort of like um, it, it's almost like a claw, right? Like a pincer claw, the way that the shots fire, where you got stuff on the top and the bottom, and they sort of converge. Her shot seems to be a lot more useful than Cotton's. Right. What are your thoughts on the characters?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think that that Appley is easier to use um because of that and even needle i found to be uh, a pretty good character to play with um needle has this cool feature where the the hat will shoot behind itself at an angle like 45 degrees or thereabouts both upper and lower once you power up a couple of times um so needle has pretty good coverage and uh i felt was uh a
0: fun character to, to play with. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to play too much with Needle, but I definitely played with Apple. Play. So, unlike the original arcade game, this modern take has a small character hitbox, which displays as a heart near the center of the screen on your character. And it's pretty easy to read where the hitbox is, With it, at least with when you look at the character sprite. But it can be a little bit cumbersome when you're trying to dodge because this game is manic and throws a lot of enemies at you. So, uh, you know, or just in general, there's a lot going on. So it can make it a little bit hard. And sometimes you, you get hit thinking that, oh, I I actually could have avoided that had I realized where the hitbox was.
1: Mm, yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the game itself is a three button game one button to fire both primary and secondary, which is your bombs similar to, like, Gradius when you're pressing one button and you've got your one with your shot and the other one being the missile. There. There's one button to, to activate magic. You can hold the button for, to charge the magic for a secondary effect. And one button to activate fever mode. Not to be confused with Dangan fever mode, which we'll discuss a little bit later, but it's basically like activating scoring mode. Right. And, and, and then you can also use it for... Um, getting rid of bullets, right? It does bullet cancel.
1: To an extent, yeah.
0: Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> I was going to say that the original arcade game was three buttons as well, but in the original, much like Gradius, you had one button for shot and then one button for your ground bombs. Uh, so I do appreciate the quality of life upgrade, if you will, where you're where you're Regular forward shot and your bombs are on one button, so you're not having to uh, not having to deal with both of those.
0: And as you destroy enemies, you earn experience to level up, which will power up the primary shot to higher levels, and far more powerful for a larger spread. You can power up from level 1 to level 12, and then you max out at level 13. If you die, you lose nearly a full level, and will have to gain more experience to fully power up again. You also gain some experience from obtaining crystals. (laughs) Yeah, so the idea is that you get yellow crystals, right, in order to increase your shot power, so that way you can do more. But at the same time, if you die, then you you lose it. And then the yellow crystals themselves, if you shoot through them, it turns into an upper and lower green shot, which makes dispatching of enemies easier. So it, it definitely has a nice dynamic, and we'll talk a little bit more with some of the crystals and the colors and what they mean (laughs) but i I always like the the give and take it it, it, it's a little bit different than your normal damaku you know here's your bomb here's your shot and then here's your focus fire right Uh, yeah that's okay as you shoot crystals they will change colors which will provide multiple effects the orange crystals don't offer magic, but they grant bonus experience above what yellow crystals offer. Blue crystals grant the electric magic, which shoots a large lightning bolt out from your position if you charge the magic and creates a barrier around your character. Red crystals grant the fire magic, which fires a large dragon-shaped flame from your position, charging the magic temporarily turns your fairies into companions into fiery versions that will fly around the screen, seeking enemies to attack. The blue and red crystals were the only ones that were in the original game.
1: Correct. Well, and then the orange, technically.
0: Yeah, but that's the the ones that people would normally use for attacking. Yep. Right. The green crystals grant the Earth magic, which will cause a large number of rocks to fall from the sky, damaging enemies and canceling bullets. Charging the green magic will convert weak enemies and bullets to yellow crystals. Purple crystals grant you bomb magic which lets you drop a powerful bomb that will destroy enemies and change crystal colors. The bomb has a very large area of effect. When charged, the bomb magic will convert any on-screen crystals to black crystals which will be auto-collected. These are only for score. Unlike the original game where crystals drop to the bottom of the screen where you're not shooting at them, crystals will float up and down slowly towards the back of the screen. You can carry a maximum of 6 magics at any point, with subsequent crystal pickups boosting the power of your held magic when they're used. I believe it goes up to level 7 if memory serves. The secondary fire is a ground bomb that fires out automatically as you shoot your weapon. Some enemies will yield a floating bomb upgrade pickup which will increase the strength of the bombs, or a double bomb upgrade which will allow you to shoot two at the same time. There are some kettles that you can destroy that will grant you a bonus, usually an extra fairy or companion. You can have six companions or fairies join you as provide extra firepower. Some kettles will give you a crystal when destroyed. And basically options when we talk about fairies here. Yep. The game plays out over six main stages and seven stages there is a final boss fight. So let's talk about the stages for you. Stage one, the town outskirts. I th- I got this confused with the second stage for a second. The second stage is the first stage in the arcade. <coughs> I'm trying to remember the 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 town outskirts. What was that? That's that's where you fight that uh, the head that floats down, right? The stage one. Yep. Yeah, but I'm trying. To remember. Wasn't there a mid boss?
1: Yeah, the mid boss is Honeywap which is that sort of um, spooky looking tree.
0: So it was with it, yeah, but that, I thought that... Was that the mid-boss in the stage one of the first arcade game? I can't remember. Yep. Okay. So, why don't you go over the stages, because my mind is a mess right now here.
1: Sure. Yeah. Taking a look at the, at the game stages and how it's all laid out. Stage one is the town outskirts, and the mid-boss of the stage... Is Haniwa. which is a sort of um, spooky-looking tree, I guess you could say. And then the boss is known as Hirata, which is this interesting—I'm not sure what you would call it. It's this. this looks like thing a. With uh, yeah,
0: like an Aztec head or something, right?
1: Faces on each side. It sort of reminds me of. In uh, Gradius 3*, you've got those stone column deals in the Moai stage, and it has a Moai on each side, Um, or like the the Judge in um, the original Transformers animated movie that has multiple faces on different sides of its head. And it shoots out smaller versions of itself, kind of like some of the Moai.
0: Yeah, the biggest problem I have with this boss is that when I was playing the game, I play a little bit aggressively, so I was too far forward when I got to the boss, and it would constantly drop on me, and I'd lose a life Uh, when it first appeared. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think the Moai thing that you can... I'm certain some people will get the the Transformers... um, Re- reference on there, but I think with the um, ha- the Moai and having the multiple faces that spin it's probably the closest approximation and it gets, shoots off little versions of itself that you have to keep destroying it and then eventually after enough damage is done it, it shoots off, was there like little fireballs or something that you have to avoid before it finally dies? I don't
1: think so. I think it just shoots out smaller versions of itself. Uh, For those of you who are currently yelling at your podcast device, I will correct myself. Haniwa is actually the uh, floating statue head that has rocks that spin around it that it kind of uh, puts out. That's the one that's in in the town outskirts. Uh, I I mistakenly said it was the tree, but it's not. That is in stage two, which is the forest graveyard. And um, the that is called the the treant and it is this yeah spooky looking tree that um, is kind of annoying because it spits these seeds out at you and if you shoot down the seed then the seed becomes a little tree that then pops out and comes down so you kind of have to be careful how you position yourself during that fight because uh you can either get hit by the seed and have it turn into the tree and then take a hit and die or if your fire is spread out enough or the or the silk options are up above you and they shoot a seed that's up above you then it can land right on top of you so you have to be mindful of of that. You can't quite yeah. just go up into the upper left corner because you're not necessarily safe there. So you sorta of have to watch and, and compensate as it's spitting the seeds out.
0: Yeah, where's Kirby when you need him? He knows how to deal with trees.
1: Exactly. And then uh at the end of stage two you fight Death, uh which is uh an interesting fight that has multiple multiple attacks. Uh, One of which is is annoying, but also kind of cool, where you'll get all these blue orbs that will spawn on screen that are spawn points for these uh, sort of blue sword things that will rush you uh, at the back of the screen. Um, And so it's kind of a cool attack, but it can be annoying.
0: Yeah, you know, the, I always found death to be a hard fight, no matter you know, if I have my whip or who was, those sickles that he keeps shooting out, they're really hard to avoid. And if you can get the stopwatch, or no, yeah, the stopwatch is a good weapon against death. Because especially if you can get the two times and you got enough hearts, that works wonders for stopping death and killing them. Just make sure to get the Red, red Order at the end, right?
1: Yep. Ah. <laughs> uh, stage three is The Island of the Sky. Um, there uh, Now, unfortunately, the mid-boss is not Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, uh, but it is instead Thalrog, which is this sort of flaming dog thing. Um... It walks back and forth. It jumps around and it spits out these flame deals, it,
0: right. it fireball things. Yeah, it seems to like rushing forward and then it will back up, and it makes this weird noise right before it jumps, right, to let you know that hey, it's going to jump and you have to go underneath it.
1: Yeah, it, 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 there's some RNG in this fight. Sometimes you can literally sit in the you know, on the left side of the screen and and just move up when it when it rushes you and then it'll move back and stuff. Other times, it will rush forward, rush back a little bit, and then when it jumps, it'll jump up far enough forward that you can't just stay in the upper left of the screen. And like you said, you'll have to go under it. So, another one of those fights that can be either trivial or what the heck. Um, So you you gotta be careful. And then the stage 3 boss is um, Medusa, which is not entirely like the mythological Medusa, but more like a giant snake with armor and a big sword. So um, think of it like, a bit like a large snake version of the shield maiden robot from gyrus And that makes me wonder if that shield enemy in Gyrus was actually inspired by the Medusa enemy here.
0: Yeah, it's not very much like uh, it deals with the fact that it's a Medusa enemy. right? It, it could just be a, a sn- it's more like just a snake enemy who happens to shoot bullets out and has a sword and, and use the tail as a weapon, right? It, it, it nothing in that fight actually tell you that she can turn you to stone,
1: right? But there's there's some cool um, cool bits in the fight. Um, the Medusa can let out these sort of electric bat things and um, could put out a series of orbs that will electrify and uh so you kind of have to be careful where you position yourself and uh you got to watch out for the sword attack because the sword will swing and kind of move in an arc down and up Uh, and then stage four is inside the temple the mid boss is known as biora which is this interesting kind of flower thing, I guess you could call it. The flower itself doesn't move too far forward or backward. Um, it does a little bit, but the, the big threat with this is it'll shoot out this grouping of four orbs, and those will split apart and start spinning around. So you kind of have to figure out where the orbs are going to be, so you can move forward or backward or whatever to sort of get inside the pattern as it expands out. Um, so it can be yeah. a little bit of a hassle.
0: <clears throat> yeah, thankfully the pattern is easier than anything Toho has with spinning orbs.
1: Indeed. And then this is where the this is where the reboot version, the arrange. Uh, differs from the uh, arcade because in the arcade you would fight this Sphinx um, boss but since the reboot is based on the X68000 version that is where the first major change comes in which is that uh, you fight this uh, snake boss called Mola and it's this uh, it's this Snake or serpent that sort of floats around, and it'll move in kind of a semi-random pattern, and then it'll do this thing where it'll it'll shoot out these eight-way bullet spreads, and it will also shoot more some aimed bullets. It'll let out these little orbs, and it will also spit out uh, bubbles that will kind of push you around. They won't they won't kill you, um, <clears throat> but they will sort of move you around and make it harder to maneuver. But it'll also do this thing where the snake will do this funny laugh, and then when it does that, then it does this spinning attack, kind of like a Dreamcast logo, where it starts small and then makes bigger circles as it goes around. And you gotta watch for that, because sometimes that will clip you, or it'll do that attack and then rush you. Uh, So you gotta be careful of of that particular attack.
0: Is that what that's supposed to be? Is that what's supposed to be like the Dreamcast is thinking? I thought it was sort of the sound like a dog, but if it's that, that's the it's thinking noise that makes before it rushes, that uh, makes sense.
1: Well, the laugh is, I don't know, the laugh is, is kind of funny, but yeah, just the arc in which it moves kind of reminds me of the Dreamcast logo when it, you know, boots up stage five is the underground waterway and that has some some vertical movement in a couple of spots which makes it a little bit more uh, challenging they definitely one of the first areas of the game that i think could be a, a major wall for people the mid boss is uh the crab or it's a pair of crabs one that walks on the floor and one that walks on the ceiling the crabs will shoot out the same kind of water bubbles that Mola will shoot out. So they sort of push you around and, and possibly into something else. Uh, there'll be enemies that will spawn during that that time. And then the crabs will also shoot out these uh, three-way spreads that sort of arc. Uh, so you kind of have to kinda have to stay centered. The, the big strategy here is if there are crystals on the screen. Stay centered as much as you can. Shoot the crystals to then use the refract capability <clears throat> for it to hit both of the crabs to do damage.
0: Yeah, this was the first mid-boss fight that gave me a little bit of trouble. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. For me, this was the one because I think uh, the bubbles that they were shooting me things moving around pretty difficult for me. Uh, and I, I don't know what is with giant enemy crabs. You know. I, I couldn't find their weak point for massive damage here.
1: Well, this is one of those fights, definitely where um, having the the blue magic to use the barrier is important because then um, then you can uh, at least be protected when the when the bubbles push you into a bullet or something. That or the purple magic for the bomb, which I think will dispatch the bubbles. And then Makes again, sense to me. Yeah. And then again, this diverges from the arcade game because the arcade game, the boss is known as Dracula. But like the Medusa, it doesn't really have much in common with the uh, the Dracula of legend. It's more like um, this green zombie face that is has sort of tentacles or whatever going to the floor and the ceiling. Almost looks a bit like the... Uh, <clears throat> like the Gradius three or Gradius four version of Bacterium. Um that's in the original arcade game. But in the X sixty eight thousand version and subsequently the reboot version, you have the Cyclops boss. Um, yep,
0: everybody's favorite dog boss, right?
1: <clears throat>
0: Ugh. I hate. Well, that I boss. mean that's wh- yeah, that's what he acts like though. He acts and sounds like a dog
1: kind of yeah and it's weird because in the x eight thousand version it's this uh weird looking thing that has these furry arms and legs it, it almost looks like oh i can't remember the the full name but there was an early popeye cartoon where he ended up on an island looking for his pappy and there are these Dudes on the island that have these sort of fur arm covers and leg covers, and it reminds me of that. And so, as big a as big as Popeye was in Japan, I wonder if that was in any way an inspiration for the original design of the Cyclops boss in the X sixty eight thousand version. But in the in the reboot arrange, it's more of a almost like a rock monster thing it uh it has these long arms that extend out and the weak point is of course the eye and it'll bash the ground to send rocks flying up at you and you can destroy the rocks with your firepower. but it doesn't mean that you will necessarily always get them uh, get them all destroyed this boss will also kind of rush you then fall back and then jump at you and so, like the, like the, uh, the Balrog, you have to sort of watch for that tell so that you can slip underneath of it and let it jump over you, and then that way you can, uh, you can avoid getting, getting hit by it. This yeah, boss was the... my first wall, big time.
0: Apparently, the character you're thinking of is Alice the goon.
1: Oh,
0: okay. For the Popeye character, which <laughs> I I won't go into Popeye Lola's, not in this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she has a friend, I'm sure she's related to the tribesmen that you are talking about earlier, but yeah, it's... Uh...
1: Oh yes, the goons, yep, exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Yep. Stage six is the lava cave. This one also has some uh, some vertical sections that can get dicey, and uh, just like in Salamander or the Gradius games, where you've got some flames coming out in arcs from different spots, uh, it, you know, you've got that. You can take the environmental damage and uh, get tripped up by those. There are dragons in the stage that then accompany those flame arcs. And so, uh, once again, Barrier Magic is super helpful here. Uh, The Mid-Boss is a pair of Minotaur, uh, they're called Minotauros, and it's a pair of Minotaurs that will have this weird pattern where they come down and um, will shoot these lasers out at an angle, and then we'll semi-aim a series of bullets at you, and then they'll kind of run toward each other, and then one will jump over. Um, In the original version, because of the four by three aspect ratio, I think you kind of had to stay centered on screen and sort of dodge their attacks and then anticipate when they're gonna jump. But in the reboot, you can sort of hang back at the bottom left of the screen and kind of take them out fairly easily. So it's a bit of a trivial fight as long as you're uh, in the right position. Um, what is less trivial is the dragon boss fight at the end of stage six, which um, is kind of, kind of nasty. Uh, it does this thing where it will pop its head out and it will shoot three bursts of flame and then sometimes it'll move its head down other times it'll it'll wait to move its head down and so it's a little bit of rng there where sometimes you can stay in the center or toward the bottom and you won't you won't have to worry about it other times it'll it'll move and and shoot the flames and i found it a little bit hard to sort of predict where uh you needed to be based on its movement and when the flames were shooting out because there was not very much time to react. So another one where having the barrier magic was pretty invaluable for this boss fight uh, because it was it's very easy to take a lot of hits and to have to tank a bunch of that uh, very very frequently.
0: Yeah I, I had a hard time I definitely had a hard time with the dragon boss. And aside from maybe the final boss, that was the hardest boss I had to deal with,
1: for sure. And then stage seven is just the just the final boss fight. It's known as Cave Exit, where you're sort of flying upward as you're coming out of the lava cave, and you are fighting the game's primary antagonist, who is known as Wool. And so you kind of get the uh, the theme here of cotton, willow, wool, etc. The,
0: uh, the yeah. running series of puns. Yeah, this boss with the the fa- if she didn't have the shield, <laughs> it would make this fight a, a lot easier. But with it combined with the shield and the <laughs> bowlers and stuff that that falls from the sky, it can make this pretty challenging.
1: Yeah, what I found works best for this fight is number one, have some blue magic so that you can have barrier. Um, she does these bullet spreads that. You can go between and kind of micro between them, but if she activates a bullet spread when she was, when she's really close to you, it can be a little bit difficult to, to dodge through them uh, in time. The other thing that works great is to have the green magic, the earth magic, uh, so that when she is activating boulders coming at you from the left side of the screen, and sometimes even coming down, you can sort of counteract that with your own set of boulders and nullify a lot of the uh, attacks coming your way, as well as any bullets she might be throwing your way. So really a combination of, of blue and green magic is uh, pretty helpful here. Bombs can also be helpful, but those two I think are the, are the most helpful. And of course as you go along and, and she spawns additional enemies you can get more crystals that you'll want to try and, and shoot enough to turn into blue or green so that you can kind of continue to, to do that in a loop.
0: Yeah, and there's one other thing that I want to mention that I, I completely forgot to put in it here. It's the fact that Cotton's Brew in the back of it can be used as a weapon similar to like the afterburners and some uh, other STGs. And you'll need that especially when dealing with some of the stages where you, it's moving up and you have to deal with enemies behind.
1: Right. And that was another quality of life feature that they added, that they added with the reboot version and something else that I forgot to add to the notes, but I wanted to make sure and mention is with the magic, when you're using a charge magic version, you can only have one of those active at a time. So let's say you have a barrier magic charged and you get the, the barrier uh, in place. If you then do, try to charge another magic and, uh, and utilize that, it will nullify the barrier. So uh, just something to keep in mind.
0: As you destroy enemies, you fill a meter in the bottom left-hand corner. Once full, you can activate fever mode in fever mode you deal extra damage with your firepower and crystal refracted shot scaring you a point multiplier for score up to 1,024 times. Items are worth more points while in fever mode, and your shot also has some bullet cancelling ability. Once the meter is drained, you'll need to fill it up to use fever mode again. As you activate fever mode, you level it up to a max of level 5. If you die, your level drops by 1. So fever mode is basically scoring mode. I think there's a super play that I saw... And that shmup Junkie recommends as well. <laughs> I think the guy ended up with like three extends on the first stage just from scoring alone.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: One of the things I noticed too is that sometimes I, I didn't get it. It like made a special noise if I got to 777 7, 7 mode or something like that. And other times, I, the other time I played it, it did not. Do you know what that was about? No. You know what gives you the stage at the very end goes like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? okay right before right before the final boss
1: <laughs> oh
0: yes one time yeah one time I went 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 and I was like okay and and then the other time I went 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 and then below it says 777 seven, seven. I have no idea what oh. that meant
1: Oh interesting yeah I didn't realize that I I think I got that uh every time I every time I uh, played and got to the final boss so I wonder what triggers that
0: I don't know either That's almost I wouldn't be asking you, but I I don't know. Yeah, there's something else that the the score attack mode did, but the score attack mode is something new for the arranged mode of reboot.
1: Right, yeah. There's basically a two-minute and five-minute caravan version that um, is sort of a remix of stages one and two kind of squished together in some ways and um it really is a neat mode there's i mean obviously the whole focus is scoring so it's going to be very busy and very chaotic for uh two minutes or five minutes all right let's uh let's talk about the graphics um i found the graphics in the reboot version to be very bright and colorful um far more than you know the original arcade game or the x68000 revision which in some ways is curious because i, I understand even though cotton is traditionally a cute up um the original arcade game despite being on sega 16 hardware was a little bit drab in terms of the color scheme more muted colors and not as bright and cheerful as you would think but this game is just—it pops. I mean, everything is is uh, looks really nice in that regard.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I would say that, and this is a minor nitpick, is there's so much to see and all the stuff going on, but the game moves at such a manic pace. If you're not watching a playthrough or somebody else playing, mm-hmm. you'll miss most of the stuff. Sure. you're, you're, well, you're so focused on the. Yeah. On what's in and, front of you
1: and you know my my notes here fever mode kind of becomes a bit of a distraction because when you go into fever mode and you get all of these pop-ups on screen showing you what your multiplier is um it can be incredibly busy and make it so that that's sort of what you what you focus on and unfortunately bullet and enemy visibility did not take precedence so when you're in fever mode there will be times where you will miss a bullet or you will miss an enemy and they might actually run into you if you didn't take them out first um which can be a little bit of a problem um and just in general, it can, it can get so busy visually speaking that it can be hard to sort of parse what's going on. I did think though that the uh, updated cinematics were a really nice touch, because if you go back and you watch the PC Engine CD-ROM-ROM version, um, you know, the cinematics are nice, but of course they're basic uh, sort of pixel art representations And this is an area where I think the the reboot really does it right, where they take what was done originally and they don't change it drastically. They literally just redid it in a manner that looks like the original in terms of the overall design, but with new hand-drawn art that mimics the original panels and animation, and so its it feels like a loving tribute to the original in that sense. What what, uh, what, what did you think about the visuals otherwise?
0: I thought everything was well done. Uh, the uh, problem with the speed and missing on stuff that they put on the side it was easy to distinguish where things were coming from it wasn't so much the fact that I couldn't see the enemies or I couldn't see the bullets it was more like the kamikaze enemies were coming at me really fast and I had to get them out of the way so the the visuals definitely did their job and everything was clearly distinguishable I liked the updates that they did on the enemies and the cinematics were nice but after once I, I just skipped them I think where everything really starts to come into its own is with uh, Cotton's Rock and Roll Fantasy (sighs) but we'll talk about that later so let's talk a little bit about sound here the arranged version soundtrack features new interpretations of the arcade game songs. There's a long list of musicians who were involved with the reboot's version's music. Kenichi Arakawa, stage 1. Kenichi Hirata, original composer, guitar. Uh, Hirochi Kawada on stage 2. Tetsuro Sato from Success on stage 3. Suke Matsumoto from Cave on stage 4. Shinji Hozoi. On Super Sweet from um, Stage 5. Koichi Namaki from Stage 6. or Oguru and Onka Sesekosho. Uh, well, I'm sure. Thanks, Mark. On Stage 7. Uh, Kimitaka Matsume on Intro and Ending. And in Ina Kondo on Other Music. So for those of you that suffered through that, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> the uh, sound effects are generally a nice glow up of the earlier game. Voice work in the game is generally good, though sometimes the voice bits for each magic deployment can be a bit overbearing if used a lot. Yeah, uh, it, it, it can it'll be a little great on your ears if you keep doing uh, charge shot. Well, I, I no one wants to hear me say charge shot, but we, I think we all get the idea
1: right I mean o- overall
0: the soundtrack is pretty impressive
1: I I was not overly bothered by the voices but yeah I could see how constantly hearing cotton yell Bah-yah! when you when you use the charge blue magic to get the barrier um, it would get old after a while but honestly I felt like the sound design was uh, a, a, a nice strength of the game and I thought it was pretty cool that that they uh, got Shinji Hosoe and Daisuke Matsumoto to um, contribute to the uh, reboot uh, arranged soundtrack, um, which. which I found myself humming and whistling to on stream, and um, I enjoyed it. So, another one of those situations where I'm always glad that I that I invest in the um, you know the limited or special edition versions so I can get that CD soundtrack, because uh, I always like to go back and, and be able to have that in the, in the library.
0: You know, what well, the other part that got me thinking, too, is I'm thankful that <clears throat> other games don't follow this formula where they shout the name of the attack every time. You know, i thankful that's limited to, to stuff like, um, in some ways, to more so, so to fighting games, where they uh, shout right. the name of the attack. <laughs> you imagine Metroid, if you're playing through and every time you do and this is like spin dash, spin dash, missile. Oh gosh, that would get old so fast.
1: Oh yes. Now you just wait. Somebody's gonna do a hack of Super Metroid and make it happen.
0: If so, then they, they got to use MSU, and they have certainly more time than I do.
1: Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's cover the scoring a little bit. Uh, unfortunately there's not a ton of information out there on scoring there's not a a shmups wiki entry for this game yet uh and so what i've got here in the scoring is what i was able to glean by playing the game and then also big shout out to uh e-trem because the bullet heaven video on cotton reboot helped me to fill in the gaps of some stuff that i did not was not solid on so we talked about fever mode before and that really is the meat of the scoring and so the the multipliers the multiplier levels are as follows and in the initial level one multiplier it is times 64. you reach level two very quickly which will be times 128 and you reach level three quickly, and that's times 256. That doubles again for level four, and then you max out at level five, which is times 1024. <clears throat> now the way that works is you get the, the bonus for taking out uh, enemies with the by shooting a crystal and having those shots refract, and then the refracted shots being what takes out the enemies. Where it really comes into play is with your mid-bosses and bosses, because that is where hits, just hits to the bosses, will give you those, those multiplier points. So like a lot of games where you get tick points for, for hitting the bosses, here you want to make sure that you use that to your advantage from a scoring perspective, because then um, you can kind of milk them for a good deal of score. Uh, The black crystals uh, are worth a maximum of 320,000 points, Um, and I wasn't 100% clear on how this works. I think you have to collect a certain number of them to get up to that, uh, that threshold, which is why using a purple magic... Um, when there are a bunch of crystals on screen and doing the charge version to convert them all to black crystals and then auto-collect them is sort of, the I think, the way to boost up your, your crystal um, your black crystal point total. I saw in the Bullet Heaven review that there was at one point where there was 160,000 point black crystal um, but I didn't I didn't observe myself what the lowest total is. Um, so that's, again, I'm not 100% clear on that. Uh, as with the original game, at the end of each stage is the Tea Time mini game. The white teacups are worth 2,000 points each, which are added up in the You Know Me bonus at stage end. And then the red teacups give you an additional 50,000 points, which you can see on screen as you collect them. However, again, like the original, if you avoid all the teacups, then you get a secret bonus, much like the uh, secret bonus in Galaga 88 by not shooting any enemies. And so the secret bonus by avoiding all the tea in stage one is 2 million points. And then for each subsequent stage, you add an additional 2 million points to the total when you get through the tea time without collecting any cups. Um, so, of course, by the end of, of Stage 6, if you can manage to dodge all the really fast-falling teacups, uh, you can get a pretty sizable bonus. The end-stage bonuses also include what is known as a Magic Shoot bonus, and that's worth 20,000 points uh and i again this is not entirely clear it's not explained in the manual i think it has to do with the successful magic deployment um but it doesn't necessarily tie to the number of of magic uh, instances you use so it, it might have to do with the number of that like the number of the different types of magic that you use in each stage so if you manage to use different types of magic in each stage that's what contributes to it but it's not really 100 percent clear so i would be happy for someone to um to follow up with us and let us know exactly what that is if you know specifically because like i said it's not in the manual and it's not it wasn't abundantly clear while I was playing the game.
0: yeah, one of the other things that should be mentioned with in regards to the teacups and the point bonus is in the first couple stages, it's not too bad to do it, but after that they really start speeding up the rate at which they drop.
1: Yeah, they get really they get really fast. Uh, and then finally, there's a no miss bonus as well of one million points. Uh, so you can. Uh, Continue to add to your score by not dying.
0: That's always a good thing. How do you get? How do you beat games? Get good. Works for me.
1: Indeed. Pro tips.
0: Pro tips indeed. How how do we uh, how do we get good in Gradius and then beat the game? Don't die. Precisely. So let's move on to impressions of the game. First off is Horse Horstakai, 45. Heck yeah! I'm going to do some practice runs, though, because I have never played a cotton game, to be honest. Closest I ever played a cotton game technically was Magical Chase. Note to self, use a D-pad when playing this game. Analog stick has weird movements. <clears throat> and I have to agree with him here. This is one of the spots that made me really sort of think, yeah, I need to invest in an arcade stick, because it felt like things were a little bit too sensitive and maybe a little too jerky with the analog stick. First thoughts, there is a lot to learn with the shmup. Most of the whole crystal diffusion thing. I had to turn voices off in the range mode because they were giving me some serious sensory sensory overload and how much they overlapped. I really wish the sport had joystick sensitivity options because this game really feels slippery trying to play on an analog stick. I'd use a d-pad for better movement and I am not used to that. Also, I forgot to set the easy. No wonder everything felt so chaotic. Yeah, that's kind of the best way I can describe this game. Very chaotic. Yeah, I think it accentuates this as well with the one, the D-pad. I had played on the PS4 to start with, and I ended up playing on the Switch version later on, on the Switch Lite, which has that the cross D-pad, and had a lot of easier time playing on the Switch Lite. The other thing with the oh
1: yep
0: oh i thought you were gonna slip out. oh my or something there all right <laughs> yeah the the other thing game is it is very chaotic in the enemy and, and i'll g- g- leave this discussion for later but i agree that the game is pretty chaotic and throws a lot at you it's pretty fast paced uh final thoughts i played it and liked it once or twice this month and kind of felt that was enough to be honest I don't think this kind of shmup is for me. I feel like the Crystal Refract system. I think the bombs are pretty dang cool, but the main crap I had with it was playing with the analog stick. It felt extremely sluggish and slippery at the same time I had to play with the D-pad on a PS4 controller. It just feels really weird. Also I had to turn the voices off because they were overlapping a lot and it was giving me a headache. I'm all for shmups. and voice acting and all that, but keep it at Pachi level or something. Where you hear the voice after a certain amount of damage has been taken, as opposed to all the freaking time. The final boss is guilty of this. I give this game 4 willows out of 10. I mostly just played with Armored Core 6 this month. Everyone's playing Armored Core 6 on here, and Armored Core 6 is a good game. I'm not sure if anyone's seen this, but it is really, like has anything. It could be like Armored Core uh, uh, coasters, or or an Armor Core toaster, and everyone's going nuts for it now. The price on those <laughs> games has risen dramatically recently, wow. thanks to this new one. But the, uh, yeah, I mean, those those are all a valid points. And i got to agree with him on the PS4 version in particular is having some problem with the analog stick. I found the Switch version easier to deal with on the analog stick. But still playing on the the cross D-pad on a Switch light seemed to work perfect for me as far as it being yeah, being manic and stuff I, I could definitely see that and having the voices overlap <clears throat> those are valid complaints and again I appreciate you trying it out it, if it doesn't click for you then you know, wait till we try Cotton Fantasy I think Cotton Fantasy addresses quite a bit of these points and it is a well historically this is really what worth doing I think Cotton of Fantasy is sort of where it comes into its own. Sure. It, it's sort of like the difference between playing <clears throat> Mushi versus Futari, right? People tell you to play Mushi and you're going to have a good time and Mushi has some issues with it but Futari is where it sort of, sort of really takes off and everyone's like, yeah, this is a heck of a lot of fun. I, I, I think that that type of comparison is apt between the original Cotton Reboot and Cotton Fantasy.
1: Sure. Uh, Supergoat said, I'll try normal difficulty this time. I was trying to power through on the second highest. I was making progress. I found the revenge bullets in the highest mode to be too much. Uh, Oh, and this is all on X68K mode. I haven't touched the remake much at all. And then final thoughts, I've fallen deep into working on my own shmup and didn't play cotton, or much else, very much. I'll definitely return to it, though. I like the magic system and think that a lot more games could benefit from generously supplied one-use items, such as roguelikes. Uh,
0: Drake Tunstan says, I'll only play the X68K version because it works in mister. I can try it out if you want. Um, lots of crazy action on screen, lots of things going on, easy to get lost and all, but somehow you get used to it and have a lot of fun. Good soundtrack, funny, cute Japanese characters and shark guys that look like Guren, Gurion. One of the bosses is a snack girl. Oh, and T. Yeah, uh, I I think that 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 it's definitely. I. I. I, is like one of those things, like Legend of the Mystical Ninja, where even if. Even if it's your first time playing it, you go, yeah, this is very Japanese. Mm, And I. I think. I I think it it definitely shows very early on here. So it's. It's going to appeal to a certain crowd, especially when you're playing the original x68K. I mean, those had to be otaku of otaku. People right in order to spend all this money on a machine in order to play arcade games the way that the, that they did for those 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 certainly weren't cheap uh, when they were new so right yeah
1: it,
0: it I, I, I I can understand if, if it's more of a tepid response to this game for this month
1: sure uh, Tetrophobia said late to the party but I'm in. My copy is arriving tomorrow. Anyone have any tips or able to recommend a guide to read up a bit? I don't suppose anyone's managed to figure out what the alternate version of the green magic does. I get the others, but that one is beyond me. We did have discussion on that in the uh, Discord. Um, and then later on, I'm sitting at 590 mil as my best overall and 429 mil as my best one credit attempt. I'm just credit feeding my way through at the moment. Boss of chapter five seems to be about my limit. Not because he's particularly hard, just silly deaths sprinkled through the first missions when my concentration drops. Need to make yourself a lot of, a bit of wiggle room in case of bad luck, right? Uh, And then later, one CC. First try today, had a great sleep last night and I walk in the sunshine this morning, so it was properly in the zone this afternoon. And uh, responding to me specifically, Tetrophobia said your tip about the barrier magic was instrumental to the run. So all praise goes to you, my man. <laughs> Big thanks. Well, oh, you're welcome. Uh, okay, did have a go at the time attack mode. It's a fun mode and very addictive. Leaving this here for now. Uh, that's me in 115, uh, according to the screenshot. And we'll have a few more goes in the build-up to Halloween, I think. Uh, Later on, I lucked out on my uh, run by having loads of blues to take me into the final boss. With a level 6 boss, he is a pain, but he does telegraph his shots by moving his head up or down before he fires, if that helps. What I did find, though, is that all bosses have a random troll AI path that they follow occasionally to mess with you. And then final thoughts. First, big thanks to everyone for being so welcoming. It's been my first community playthrough and it's been great. Uh, second, it is also my first cotton, and it's been exactly what I was hoping for. I think it does the key 'em up thing, em up witching vibe better than something like Death Smiles, for example. And the spells add some real tactical depth. The crystals are also a lot of fun, and I'm a big fan of the of the big numbers on screen too as well as the ludicrous scores and the hundreds of billions. It was a perfect game for me for this month, and a 1CC for someone of my skill level is always very welcome. Well, I'm sure glad you played along, Tetrophobia, and your your discussion in the Discord was great, and uh, I'm glad to see someone as enthusiastic about this game as you seem to be, because uh, that that's really what it's about is is getting people in, playing the games, getting interested in them and really engaging.
0: Yeah, I definitely hundred uh, percent or a thousand percent agree. You know, getting somebody that just finds a game that has clicked with them or find that passion to play SDGs. You know, I don't care if you're playing Galaga or if you're playing Cotton and Reboot or if or if you're playing Deep Space Waifus, there you just enjoy the games that you're playing and have fun as long as you do that you are always welcome and always glad to see that enthusiasm it you know i i I hate to admit i had trouble even mustering that enthusiasm for uh playing this game some sometimes this past month so good job for you sir and congrats and gg on your one cc
1: and just know that if you're playing Deep Space Waifu, I'll be silently judging you.
0: You silently judge me all the time. I'm still here. <laughs> Here's your Stather and Waldorf for the month. <laughs> all right, shall we keep going? Yeah. Uh, oh, one more quarter says cotton and silk clears, flying on a broom, and collecting candy. I don't think it gets any more Halloween than that. A ba- uh, a, best. a blast to play. Excellent visuals. Literal eye candy. Great controls. Magic was always abundant. Juggling the gameplay mechanics and magic. Use keeps gameplay interesting throughout. The extra modes and characters are lots of replayability. Rated good times. <laughs> yeah, there's... I not want to I... I'll get on my feelings on here, but I... I, I am glad to see another person who really really enjoyed this (laughs) I am always happy to see that people report like yeah I wasn't I hadn't tried this before I hadn't heard of this but this game is now one of my favorites
1: Uh, Corkman77 said does going into hyper mode and shooting get all the multipliers uh, shooting and getting all the multipliers cancel some bullets? Indeed it does uh, later on, Corkman uh, says, So close again. At least I'm getting to the stage 6 boss or last boss consistently. Just got to learn those last two bosses a little better. I've been kind of just powering through with bombs and barriers. And then later on, one, uh, I got all the willows. 1cc with my best score to date. And then uh, some detailed final thoughts from Corkman." Uh, I had a ton of fun playing this one again. I picked this up a couple years ago, I guess it was uh, a few months after its launch. I remember watching a Bullet Heaven review, and it convinced me to pick it up. At the time, it was a blast, just learning it and playing the caravan modes. I think I was playing the uh, Shoot the Corecast game of the month at the same time, so more effort was put into doing well in that month's game, Project Starship X. So, I was happy to come back to this game and a little bit more seriously this time. I spent more time playing the main arrange mode this time around and learning the levels and bosses. I was happy to be able to get a couple 1cc's with Cotton and Needle. On my clear with Needle, I had a really good run with my best score to date. I was also able to get a higher score than my previous runs on the 2 minute caravan mode. Overall, I can't say I completely mastered this game but I'm at a point where I have a good handle on all the mechanics and have pretty decent routing going on. All that is left would be the optimization in a few areas. I really enjoyed this game two years ago, and playing this month. I think it's been elevated to the short list of my favorite shmups. I love the music and graphics. The mixture of pixel art, spooky backgrounds, and big juicy shiny multipliers is a good mix for me. The characters added some charm for sure as well. The magic system is fun to mess around and strategize with. The scoring system is a ton of fun, and pretty unique. Learning when to use the Fever Mode for optimal score, or when to leave the gems on screen to build that Fever Meter, leaves a lot of room for optimization, and there's always more to be had. I had so much fun that I picked it up on PS4 as a collector's edition that was still available at Strictly Limited. I'll definitely be playing this again from time to time when I want to relax and play a game that I know well. And again, I love this because hearing people be so enthused about a game that we've covered is very gratifying because obviously it means that um, people are engaged and that, uh, you know, we're, we're helping to scratch that shmup itch.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, hey, uh... I'm always just happy that people stuck around even after we played
1: 1942. (laughs) Ah yes. (laughs) Let's quickly cover the scores here. Uh, On the normal arrange mode, um, we had Corkman on top with 727,752,470 points. Uh, Tetrophobia came in second with 702,356,410 points. Uh, I ended up in third with my best score of 663,434,210 points. And I don't think that was actually one of my clears. I think that was just when I was concentrating strictly on score. Uh, One more quarter had 479,880,660 points. Um, and then uh, Horsetucky 45 with 19,524,559 524,559 points. On the caravan two-minute mode, uh, Corkman was on top again with 150 million 442,960 points, and then TetraPhobia with 138,100 or excuse me 138 million. 146,400 points. Uh, I took a photo of or a screenshot of the caravan mode, I thought, but I must have forgotten to post it. <laughs> so I don't remember where I ended up. So, final thoughts. Um, This is a game that I kind of anticipated that I was going to enjoy but I don't think I anticipated how much I would enjoy it. And I was also surprised at how approachable it ended up being. When I first started playing I thought, ooh this could be rough because of all the stuff going on and how crazy everything gets in fever mode and sort of how you lose some level of visual clarity with all the multiplier stuff flying around but i feel like even though that is an area where i think they could have patched the game to improve it by making bullets have top priority on on uh, the screen even in fever mode i feel like you kind of can still compensate for that and like, it's still pretty, pretty playable despite that minor quibble. And uh, I really enjoyed engaging with the, the magic system, the scoring system. And, uh, you know, I, I was more focused on clearing the game before the end of the month. And I actually managed to clear it with all four characters. I cleared it with cotton, then I went through and I did a bunch of play with silk and had a hard time clearing. So then I switched gears and I cleared with Applee, right away, and then with Needle right away, and then I went back and cleared with Silk right away. So I actually got three of the four clears in one stream, which is wild. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this game. I. I definitely wanna go back and do some more with the caravan modes to see what kind of score potential I have there. Um, And then also, now that I know the games well, maybe go back with Appley or Needle and try a little bit harder to um, really push for score to see what, what I can get. Because Corkman's score of 727 million plus um, isn't even, you know, like top fifty. Some people are pushing the score to ridiculous levels, so I don't know that I want to try and reach for the stars in that sense. But, uh, but I do want to see if if there's um, more that I can eke out of it, and um, more that I can can do to um, to really maximize that mode. Uh, or that, you know, that fever mode capability. So all in all, I I rather enjoyed this game, and uh, I'm glad that we finally got it slotted into the schedule. What about you?
0: Me? I'm a little bit mixed on this. I definitely am glad that we got to slide this into the schedule, and I really do like the game. But it's sort of a case, as I mentioned earlier, where and look at Mushi versus Futari. I really like Cotton Fantasy more. And it's sort of weird that I ended up playing Fantasy before I played a lot of Reboot. But here we are. <clears throat> so I do like Reboot. I think that the frantic pace can be maybe a little bit too much for some people. In some cases where it's really busy as you're flying upwards and left. I, I think that was mainly with. A couple of things with the volcano and the uh, temple stages can be a little bit hard when it comes to that. I mean, yep. th- but that is again learning routing uh, and learning enemy placement. There's got to be some memorization in the game. I-, I think it's a heck of a lot better than playing the original Cotton. When I played the original Cotton, uh, it was extremely difficult, and rightly so because it was an arcade game, right? I and mean, it's meant to suck your money. But the the reboot improves on almost every factor. I still think that some of the earlier problems that were brought up stand. I The Switch version seems to be a little bit easier to work with when you're playing on an analog stick. Or even, as I mentioned, when playing on the D-pad on the Switch Lite. The PS4 version, I don't know what it is, but it, it seems to especially with the analog stick maybe it's because mine are uh, very heavily used <clears throat> you know i have mm. got one of the the launch ps4s with a uh, a heavily used DualShock 4 but it i it felt like the the dead zone wasn't quite there on the analog stick <laughs> and right. that caused a problem so i would rather play the switch version in this case <clears throat> that being said the music was great the visuals were pretty easy to read I had a little bit of problem with. The, I think I told you this. It was the only schmuck where I had to worry about the enemies more than the bullets. Mm, yep. It's because the the enemies are kamikaze. The the enemies will get you more often than what they shoot out. The scoring system. Well, it could be a little bit hard to wrap your head around. At least with the the bullet time. Uh, bullet time. The. Oh um, well, shoot. Uh, the 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 uh, dengue fever on time. My mind oh, is going here. It's late. Fever mode. Thank you. the The fever mode is certainly helps when you start used to getting used to that and how the magic works and what you need to do what. There there's enough depth in here to make the game replayable and enjoying what and what you have. And the, the another part that I have to say is. The translation was very well done. It wasn't a lot of. There wasn't any of this movesig or or even any bit of urngish. And from what I remember correctly, Adi from Digital Foundry had a side job where he did a lot of the translation for this. So thanks to him for making it clear and understandable, story as much as cotton story could be clear and understandable. Right. The yeah the music the gameplay everything is done in a very well package the fact that i have small nitpacks such or, such as the voices or the dead zone in a particular version of it or maybe things being a little bit too frantic so you can't see all the special attention detail that they put in the game definitely speaks volumes i wouldn't say that this is a top tier STG, but it's definitely a very very good one and the only thing that would beat it, in my opinion, is cotton itself. With cotton, uh, cotton rock and roll, or cotton fantasy.
1: Yeah. One one suggestion I'll make is, if you if you're not going to go full arcade stick yet, invest in a hoary fight pad. On PS4, that will make a big difference because it has a pretty good D-pad, and it's very easy to use.
0: Yeah, I, the the hard part is is not uh, finding a worthy fight pad. The hard part is is convincing my wife; she she doesn't uh, accept the fact of, but I need it for the podcast anymore. <laughs> sure. So uh, I actually have my eye on Monoprice has a nice stick that's in between on there. I forget the name of it, but they use all Samoa parts, <laughs> and and it has gotten pretty good ratings and. Uh, now, for most of from mono price, you can trust in the quality of the build. So something like that is what I'm looking forward to because I can switch between that for the Mr. and for playing STGs. I'm not going to go full schmup mode or do anything crazy like you have, at least not yet.
1: Huh. Fair, fair play. All right. Well, what do we have coming up next?
0: Well, coming up next, we have Thanksgiving followed by Christmas, I think. So, now, uh, what we have coming up next is we are currently playing Danmaku Unlimited 3, or as I've started calling it after playing uh, starting on mode and continuing to play it Dan Mac- sorry, Dan masochist Unlimited 3 is even playing on playing on easy, That game can get difficult at some points if you're uh, <coughs> uh I, as we said earlier between ourselves, we really have to talk to Mark MSX. I think this is the only time where I wonder what the heck he was thinking with, with this game because it's—it definitely has hits in the gameplay department. But this game is hitting in Gradius three, especially when you go on hard mode.
1: Yeah, it's—it's I... it's
0: like, it, it's like it's like it's—it's like it's going up to Gradius three and going, hold my beer.
1: Yeah, I um I'm definitely excited to pick Mark's brain about this one because um, I really want to understand his approach and um, you know how how he took to this game and, and what it was that hooked him.
0: Watch he'll say something like, I just like the synth wave. <laughs> Or maybe you need a Korean stick in order to fully understand this game. That could be. Alright, so when, in December, we have a DOS Shooter Smorgasbord. We are playing Major Striker, Overkill, Kilo Blaster, and Tubular Worlds, which uh, I think Detonstan should be happy as I believe all these work in Mister. Mm-hmm. And uh, aren't all these abandoned wear at this point?
1: um yeah i mean i think technically you can still buy major striker on gog um and or steam but i mean it's you know a couple of bucks it's not much and yeah the rest of them are are pretty much where at this point um so i'll be posting on the discord with uh some links to utilities that will help run them
0: She's all I can think of now is toss a coin to your striker or valley of plenty. Ah, ah.
1: Yeah, th- this will be ah. fun. Um I remember yep. playing all of these games as a kid at one point because of the shareware nature of of them. Um and so um yeah, th- this will be this will be a, an interesting one to kind of go back to some of these games
0: yeah I'm looking forward to doing. in case anyone's wondering why we didn't put Raptor Call of the Shadows on there that's because we we are waiting for for that to um, come out with a sequel we like to do a, l- a little bit more with that and the same holds true for Tyrion right we want to give them their proper due and if it comes down to Raptor Call of the Shadows it may involve a special lazy guest if we can get them on
1: ah, there you go
0: uh, also, I'd like to thank you know, everyone who had played the game with us this month and everyone who sticks around to enjoy and try out the various Shmup of the Months. I'd like to thank Trem, for the logo. I'd like to thank uh, Guru for the lovely podcast shirts and shirt designs, especially the uh, Boss Pro Shmups, which is now back in stock. I'd like no, to thank Kagut. No,
1: it's not, actually.
0: No? They took it down no. again?
1: The red bubble took it down again, and basically told me I couldn't resubmit it. So I, I'm I'm thinking about uh, asking a Creighton if we can uh, retool the design a little bit to maybe make it less obvious, uh, and uh, see if that will fly. So we'll see. To be determined.
0: All right. Well, we'll still like to thank Kogasu for the intro and outro music. Everyone from the Plus play cast or the concert cast and the collector's cast and like to thank metal for keeping things always interesting with his parrot dogs
1: indeed Uh, I would like to shout out one more quarter not only is one more quarter joined us for our cotton cotton reboot playthrough but he is uh, actively playing and streaming Danmaku Unlimited 3 so make sure to check him out on twitch as well um, but one more quarter has also been repping the podcast and the discord and bringing in some new members. Uh, so thank you one more quarter for, um, uh, I guess, championing the podcast and helping to expand our, our reach and our audience and bring more people into the community, uh, to interact and, and hopefully join in. Um, it, it means a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Uh- well, I guess we might as well throw in the ever-present DJ Psycho M1 in his pandemicade that he streams every Tuesday. What is it about seven central? Is it about seven right? Seven
1: central. Yep.
0: Yep, yeah, and especially the the master chunks, who we uh, constantly feed bits to. So, oh, the, the he uh, is always the best entertainment for that stream. <sighs>
1: yep good stuff alright anything else that we need to uh, say or, or discuss before we close up
0: yeah I'll just put out there for everybody who is uh, listening at this point uh, get your misters ready because we're going to start January 2024 with a Alesta GG collection here 1, 2, and 3 so that's the last step for the Game Gear. We're going to try something new. And the new uh, Focus Shot or Focus Shmup will be Espeluta 2. I'm looking forward to that. Everyone should have gotten their cave copies or sent to them by Limited Run Games now. And it's available on the eShop but at a pretty decent price. So it should be pretty easy to join in. I really wanted to slot in SoFStar. But I don't think we're quite ready for that just yet. So that will most likely be a 2025 thing.
1: Alrighty. Well, with that said, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next month.
0: Thank you.